Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to episode 60 of Tendy Talk, presented by the BLPA and the Hockey Podcast Networks. I'm your host Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week I chat with Jack Hudak, a goalie still chasing the dream despite not following the traditional path to elite hockey. So, without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Jack. Jack, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. How are you? Not bad. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Uh, between classes and training, I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I remember so it's the- fun getting on podcasts. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to get on whenever I can. Yeah, I, I remember those days of uh, being in college myself of, you know, running from class to practice and all of that. So yeah, always, always fun juggling that schedule. It, it's a grind for sure. And it's just... I, I love it though. Like it keeps me keeps me busy and uh, helps to keep the body moving as well. And you know, you know, as a goal, you got to keep your body moving so you feel good when you actually get on the ice. Yep. Yeah, I, I look back on those days fondly for sure. Uh, <laughs> I also wonder how I wasted so much time <laughs> doing nothing. <laughs> so. Let's just dive in. You know, as I like to ask pretty much everybody when I get started, uh, you know, how did you get started in the game of hockey? I know when you were a kid, the Hawks were kind of a big deal in Chicago, so I'm sure that had something to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I started skating when I was three years three years old. I would say, wow, it's been eighteen eighteen nineteen years already. So it's it's crazy. But uh, yeah, my parents just like threw me into skating like learn to skate classes and like loved it from there it was of course it was hard at the beginning like you couldn't even balance and you'd mm-hmm. fall fall quite quite often like every every single step but you 
you gain that balance over time. And then, and then I started playing, like learning to play hockey at probably like four or five did like a couple learn to learn to play uh, classes at my, one of my rinks that I've been, that I go to a rocket ice rink in Bolingbrook, Illinois. Like mm-hmm. that's, that was where I pretty much got my start to hockey. And then just from there did house league house league from like probably seven. Like I just learned to play for uh, like two or three years just to get the basics down, like the foundation, then going to house and I played house from seven, probably all the way to 16. Uh, never, never played AAA though. Or, well, like I went, I went into high school then after I, when I was 14, I believe, or something like whatever the high school age is. And yeah. then yeah, I, played I, two... I went the house route through, you know, up to high school as well, just yeah. because, I mean, Chicago, I heard the term the other day, somebody used it, it was uh, travel house league. And I think that's the best way to explain house league hockey in Chicago is, you know, you're still moving around and playing a lot of teams. You're just not going out of town every weekend and going to out state and all of that good stuff. Yeah, it's mainly you're just staying in a couple buildings and then play those teams that are in in those buildings and then go from there. So I did that for probably nine, 10 years, like I said. And then it was just, I went into high school. High school hockey is a lot of money. So like I yeah. just did, I did spring for spring hockey for two years. And I was a Ford all the way, like all the way through this. Like I've been, I was a Ford. And then like I would, my my buddy that played on the varsity team for, he was a, he was a goalie. He's like, you should try to try out goalie. And I was like, I was 14, he was 13. So like, I was like, yeah, sure. Like, all right, let's do it. And then went to a stick and puck. Uh, well, I love playing goalie. Like, I don't yeah. know if it was because of the desperation saves or what, but uh, just getting those pucks shot at you and you making a save, like there's no better feeling than making a save, especially when you have to go desperation, pull out that, like, how, how do you do that save? And like, every, it gets everyone going and then play two years of high school, and where'd you play your high school a, at? Uh, I played at, or it's, it was a club team. It's It was called, like, DuPage Stars, but it was combined okay. with, like, my high school and, like, five other five okay. other teams. So it was, it was a big, like, club, like, all all coming in together. And then so I, I was a forward throughout there, was a captain my second year there. And then, then uh, I was – I wasn't, I didn't really grow into my body until like my, until I got to college. So like the, I didn't play any college hockey. Cause like I would, I don't think anyone would have take, taken me seriously. Cause I was like a hundred pounds at that time. And I was like, no one's going to take you seriously then. So then I just did have done men's league since then from, from 18 to 21 where I'm at now. And I'm trying to go, go play pro in the federal hockey league or in the SB and I went to a camp last last August, so six months ago, or four months ago, almost in uh, in the federal league, and it was, it was a good time. And it's it's unreal seeing like how close the dream is, despite not being able to like do any of like the high low high high level hockey like mm-hmm. college AAA juniors, like none of that. And it's just just to see it happen over, and like I'm getting closer and closer to the goal. And uh, I'm, I've been talking to a few teams here 
So in the next month or two, in the next month, I may be playing pro somewhere. Oh, that'd be fun. Um, I, I totally lost my train of thought there. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I was going to say that there's some uh, really good men's league hockey team or leagues in Chicago, too. Having grown up yeah. there, it was, you know, I, I always liked coming home on break and filling in wherever I could. And uh, I, I don't think it's a secret. Johnny's Ice House probably has the, yeah. the best mm-hmm. leagues. Uh, yeah, the best league for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I always like going down for their uh, afternoon rat hockey. There, there were some characters that uh, showed yeah. up to that one. Uh, I, I always yeah. liked the dentist who told his wife he wasn't playing hockey anymore uh, until he came home missing a tooth. <laughs> that, then then uh, that's she knew. me before. Yeah, yeah. Then, then she knew. Um, so you, you pick up goaltending late, you know, ha- have you gone to any camps or clinics to kind of pick up the technical side of it? Or has it really been on your own, you know, using things like, in goal magazine, YouTube, all of that, you know, how have you picked up the, the finer side of goaltending? Yeah. So, uh, for the first probably four of my seven years of playing goaltending so far, maybe actually five and a half years, like I was just my goal, my own goalie coach. Like I would just use YouTube, mm-hmm. look at guys or watch guys on TV. Like when I go live in person to see games, watch the goalies there go on, go on YouTube, like search up like highlights and like, or like regular like game clips and just watch how they handle themselves and how they see the puck, how they read, read plays and how they're able to just make everything look simple when it's mm-hmm. really, when it actually, it, it is a simple, it's a, I shouldn't say it's a simple position, but if you're in the right spot, it's simple. And then the, yeah, it's, just the it's, resources. If you're in the right spot and you see the puck, it is funny and how it is simple. Doesn't matter who's yeah. shooting, uh, how fast that puck's coming in. If you can see it and you're in position, it, it is a little bit simple. That that was an issue I had watching Patrick Waugh as a kid. Is like I didn't think he was that good because he was he was boring to watch because he was wasn't doing. It looked like yeah. he wasn't doing much, but when he had to, boy oh boy, would was he on. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I have my own podcast that I've recently started up like two years ago. So like just learning from the guys I've had on the show too. And like, they've played in the NHL, AHL, Coast, SB, Fed, like any, like even college junior goalies I've had on, like you learn so much from those guys and their story yep. that like, you just try everything you can, you, everything you learn from there and just see where it goes from there. And then I went to, I've been to a few camps. I went to a camp in Hoffman Estates with uh, Jared Nightingale, uh, Scooter Vaughn, Terry Broadhurst. Like they put on a, on a little camp Mm -hmm. throughout the summer. And uh, last November too, they did, they put one on during like the the COVID times and just like a smaller one that you're able to root. But that, I think that really kickstarted like my goalie coaching, like learning the foundations of everything. Cause like, the the Chicago Wolves goalie coach uh, Stan Dubicki he's a uh, he's a uh, my he's my goalie coach now and he's a uh, he's changed my game from what it was before mm-hmm. to where it's not where it's at now like throughout those camps like he would like I would be able to skate like the next morning like before all the camp guys get on the ice and just skate with with like the guys that are there like Terry Broadhurst like guys in the AHL Coast SB and then. Like it's amazing how how good those guys are and how they can pick their angles like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like that's the first time I had an opportunity to get shot on by pros and 
the first time they lit me up, lit me up because they the aim my angles were not good. But ever since then, I've given them a bit of a challenge. And then uh, last January, I reached out to one of the one of like the power skating coaches that uh, that I follow follow on Instagram. Justin Nelson, Nelly, uh, he is a power skating coach and like he has like all these pro skates and college and junior skates going on throughout the season for when guys come back or guys that didn't have jobs last year. Like I spent the past year training with those guys and it's been nothing but nothing but fun. And it's just on it's unreal seeing how good these guys are and like just being able to go against them. And then like they've they've told me before they went to camp, they're like, yeah, like you actually make us work for our goals now. And like, you've gotten so much better since then. Well, it, it is fun to get out there with just better competition than what you, you yeah. typically skate with. And uh, I remember uh, I would go to the Billy Zito skates when he was still a player agent in Chicago. And my, my first time out there with them, I was like, Oh my God. But you know, it didn't take long for me to feel like I'd be wrong there. You know, where after a while they, they kind of, accept, you know, yeah, you're right. That first time that they're going to light you up and be like, yeah, <laughs> listen, kid. But after, after a while, you, you you start to feel like you belong there. And that, then it's kind of fun because you start frustrating them. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I remember stopping Joe Corville on a uh, breakaway and he was just upset. And he's like, I, I should be able to beat this college kid. And, you know, the other guys were laughing, but you know, once we got in the locker room, it was all good. It was funny. He's like, damn, I'm, I'm supposed to be able yeah. to beat you. You're not supposed to be able to stop that. <laughs> yeah. And you, you make, you make good friendships off of those guys too. Cause like they're in, like on the ice is like all, all like work and like getting better. And then when you get off the ice, like you said, like it's all, it's Oh like yeah. You're just talking to stories, t- saying different stories, like just, just shooting the breeze with the boys and it's just a lot of fun and like you build those connections from just being on the ice and being able to stop them and then going on to after the after the after this game just enjoying the time with them off the ice yeah yeah that was the one thing uh I remember is Ken being shy that first time or two walking in the locker room like do I belong here and uh all it took was you know the the one joke to be cracked and you know Then, then you knew you were accepted. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's a good turn. A good word is to know that you belong there because, like, that's what I learned throughout like the trial that I went to in August. Like, like know that you belong there and just think that you belong there, and like it'll everything just becomes a lot yep. more simpler, and you're able to just play your game and not overthink about everything, and just having that belongings there and knowing that you could definitely play there. Like that's a, that's a huge confidence booster as well. Absolutely. And you know, that, that can happen even at the beer league level. You know, I've, I've been struggling this fall season and finally it's just kind of, I was in my own head is really what it was. Yeah. And, and even my teammates were saying that. And, um, luckily my, my team that I've been skating with scores a lot of goals. So they're like, Hey, don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of this. Got like, you. Just stop one more than than we score and, and and we're good. And I'm just like, okay. And you know, finally, it just is like, no, nope, I'm I'm good. And yeah, playoff started, it clicked, and I'm like, all right, we're we're good now. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. It's it's the best one that I had when you find that confidence booster and like everything, everything like gets a lot better, and you're able to make those saves that you weren't able to like the game before. Well, and, and what's funny is 
I, I'm old enough now to, you know, look back and not be so critical on myself. And really half the time you're not doing anything different. You're not changing yeah. your approach. You're not playing any different. Your angles are so good. It's, it's that old hockey cliche of puck luck. Um, you know, th- this week I had that puck luck where it was like, it, the puck just hit me. That, that's what yeah. it comes down to sometimes. And w- once you get that puck luck break, it, it builds that confidence. And that now you, you just, you feel bigger and, you know, may, maybe you come out a little bit deeper and, you know, that, that cuts down the angle too. But yeah, once yeah. you start feeling like you belong, things do change quite a bit. Yeah. hundred um, percent. No, one of the things about you, you're not just a hockey player, you know, in, in college, you've been running cross country too. You know, when, when did you get into running and why? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get, I get, I sometimes ask myself that same question, but uh, it started in like eighth grade. Like I was in middle school at the time and I was like, I want to do something. Like I tried out for basketball. I tried out for volleyball, didn't make the team, which rightfully so I probably, I'm not very good at it. So I was like, Hey, might as well go for track. And uh, had, had a fun time, even though I raced only like two meets. Cause like there's a ton of people. Mm-hmm. Like I was, a, I was a sprinter back then. So like I did the 200 and then I did long jump as well, which is okay. nowhere close to what I'm doing now. Yeah. And then I go into then I go into high school, run four years cross country and track in high school and like track main events are 800 in the mile and then go in, go into college and it's been four seasons of cross country so far. And we're coming up on four years this, this winter for track. And I've loved every, every minute of it. And it's just, I don't know what it is about running, but like, you sometimes get like that, like running, running high where it's like you feel invincible and like you just, you can just keep going and then you space out and you're already done with your run or you're somewhere where you don't expect to be. And it's just like, it's just crazy how that influences you. And then I think the biggest influence is definitely like the team and like the culture within the cross country and track teams. Cause like, we're all like super close. We're all like a family. It's very supportive. yeah, absolutely. And like, I call a lot of them, like my best friends and I'm pretty, I'm pretty close with every single person on my team, whether it be from high school or in college now, which is a bigger, which is like a bigger team, but like a, it's, it's still like close knit and like some of my best friends right now are from the cross country team in college. When I was in college, we had to have two PE credits to graduate and playing hockey fulfilled one you know so you could take a PE class or if you were in a sport uh that fulfilled another so one of my buddies he was a soccer player but he also ran track and so I think it was sophomore year he's like hey why don't you come out and run track in the offseason stay in shape it's like that sounds like fun I don't like to run (laughs) like I I can run I'm not bad at it but I'm a goalie I don't have the knees to run (laughs) but uh, I, I get that you know, I, I was a sprinter because distance running, it just, you talk about getting lost in your own mind while well, I'm a goalie and I have a little ADD. So getting lost in my own mind didn't, didn't happen to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, me, me and the coach, we, we had an agreement where it was, I would show up every day and I would try hard every day and try and set a personal best each race. And that's what I, because we knew because of numbers, I would, my 
races wouldn't count against the team. So it didn't really matter. So it was was out there competing. Yeah. Be a good teammate and try hard. And every race I got better, finished dead last every time, but still got better. And uh, that's all that matters. That was that. And then the next year came around and it was like, do I want to run track? No, no, I don't (laughs) want to. I, I hate running. Uh, that it, it's like you said, it, it's my knees. That that's the problem. It just it hurts yeah. to run. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I think it also keeps me in shape for hockey as well. Yeah, like absolutely. Because I'm running five six days a week, and then I'm skating five six days a week. So it's like it just keeps me in shape, and I feel like I'm double in shape than I should than I usually than I would be with without one of them. You know, and there's times where I, I wish I did like running because the the cardio and just the stamina it gives you is fantastic. You know, I, yeah. I remember going into the season after um running track and it was like You're the best you're in the best yeah, shape you've ever been. You know, captain's practices and tryouts and it was nothing going through wind sprints or our school is nestled into bluffs in Southern Minnesota. So we would have to run the bluffs as part of captain's oh. practices. And, you know, it wasn't that bad that next year, but yeah, it's, it's just to me, I, I admire the people that do it, but it's not for me. Yeah. And like going into college, like we don't have a team, a hockey team. So it's like, yeah, I was, just, I wanted to stay in shape and, because hockey's my true passion. Like you could ask any of my teammates from cross country and they're like, they'll be like, yeah, like hockey's your passion. You're trying to go, trying to take it as far as you can. You're like, they're, they're really supportive of that, which I, I appreciate. And it helps me like, especially like my, in the, in the mind, because a lot of, a lot of goaltending is mental and mm-hmm. like just having that support system where you could just like you have a bad game, like they're willing to talk to, to talk to you about it and just get like what your mindset was during that time and just be able to just empty out your mind. Just having that talks with them like empties out your mind and like makes you feel so much better about the game, even if you lose by get get smoked or if you yep. only give up like one bad goal that ended up being like the turnaround event of the game. Like it just they just really help you. Like I, I value that time that I get to hang out with them just because it gets me away from both the the ice and like on the on the actual course for cross for cross country and track. Like it definitely helps just clearing your clearing the mind a little bit and being able to just hang out with with uh, with my teammates, my friends. Yeah, and I, I remember when I ran track, it, it was funny because the the distance runners they were all pretty much just runners, but a yeah. sprinters we were all multi-sport athletes, you know? So we had, uh, I wasn't the only hockey player. We had another hockey player. We had a couple soccer players, uh, basketball player. Um, he was kind of funny. Um, and then we had a couple baseball players and we're, you know, so it was kind of fun to bring those different sport mentalities and that yeah. different sport to each other. And the, the basketball player is talking about, he picked it up for the same reason as me, just, Hey, stay in shape. And, uh, he wound up being a phenomenal track athlete to where the track coach is like, huh? So the first meet, he signs him up for the decathlon and it's the, uh, javelin throws coming up and Todd's like, uh, I've never thrown a javelin. Like, how do I do this? 
And the coach is like, well, you hold it like this, and this is how you throw it. He goes, okay, sounds easy enough. Goes out, first throw shatters the school record. (laughs) Wow, just like that. Yeah, just like, you know, and so he wound up being a four-year. I I think he may have been an All-American one year. It was just funny, like, went out there just just to fulfill a PE credit, never in just to stay in shape. Set, yeah, set sport. school records and was, was you know phenomenal athlete. Now now he's a uh, New York firefighter, but it was just funny that it's like, uh, how do I hold this thing? And like ten minutes later, shatters the school record. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a that's a, a story that he can tell his kids. So uh, like that that's just that's an unreal story because you don't like one one or a couple minutes earlier you're like how do i throw this and you go out there and shatter yep. school record like no big deal yep yeah it, it was it was funny I, I probably wouldn't have believed it if i hadn't have seen it with my own eyes because me yeah. and my uh, buddy who got me on the team we had to go find the coach because the coach didn't stick around to watch the the javelin throw he's like it's going to be a throwaway event for him and we're like coach you got to come back and watch his other ones. He just broke the score. He's like, no, he didn't. He comes over. He's like, oh my God, <laughs> like we, we got something here. Um, this guy's legit. Yeah. You know, so you mentioned your own podcast. I always like talking to other podcasters to find out, you know, what motivates you to start your own, your own podcast? You know, what was the idea behind it? Yeah, so uh, I we I I get this question a lot. And, like it originally started with like a bunch, like my cousin, my cousin Tyler. Like he's he's a part of the podcast, but like he is so busy with school and work and everything. Like it's hard to find times, mm-hmm. and he's just like he's just like go ahead like with the interviews, and he's like just keep keep the podcast rolling. So that's that's what I've been doing. But like we both love sports. Like sports are our entire lives pretty much, and like we'd spend like all the time at our uncle's house just talking about sports talking football basketball hockey baseball literally anything you can any sport you can name we've probably talked about and we're just like we just have hours of conversation so we're like hmm, how about we start our own podcast where we could talk sports and get other other people's opinions and like yep. get other get fans of our of ours I guess you can say and just be able to just create like conversation within not only ourselves, but everyone that subscribed to us, follows us, whatever like platform they're on, just like comments and stuff like that. And then we're like, hey, how do we start reaching out to guests and we can hear their story and see how they got to where they are today and like see like all the different different adversities they faced, how they overcame those obstacles and like some of their, their favorite parts about being in the sport and like how, how everything came together and how they're able to just go into that from like start to where they are now. And it's, it's, it's incredible. No, no one story is the same. Like everyone has their own story and it's just incredible, incredible to see everything they've gone through and how they got to where they are today. Yeah. And you know, it's, you mentioned the, the time commitment and it's, it's, got to be hard when you have two people kind of hosting one to find time just because I know scheduling guests is hard and then yeah. throwing a third person but what you know in your situation where it's like hey if I can't make it go go for it you know that that's got to help somewhat um but yeah it, it is fun to just have that outlet to talk your yeah. passion with other people which is exactly why I have this podcast and why my wife and kids are like, you need to do this. Uh, you, you're good at it. So 
Yeah. And you uh, also like create like connections with your guests as well. And like, yep. you take that, take that friendship. Like I've met some of our, some of my guests, our guests in, in person. And like, I, like we, uh, we had Tyler Parks on probably a year and a half ago and he's playing in the, in the coast right now in Atlanta. And he's, uh, he's one of our, one of our, one of our good buddies. And like, I went over, over the summer before I went to these camps and I trained with, with, Tyler Parks and goalie coach, goalie coach Luke from three goaltending and mm-hmm. like just to meet meet up with him and his goalie coach and learn like the ways of pro and like just like how they're able to just like I'd form this connection from the podcast and yep. like it's it's connected us and I plan going back there this summer coming up and it's just like a bunch of my guests like we've had that connection I've trained with a lot of my a lot of my guests and it's just just building that action like it's it's unreal and like you never would have thought that would have happened if I didn't have the podcast yeah I I totally get that you know there's so many we've had quite a few of the same guests which is kind of fun as I I look through the lineup um, but uh, a lot of them you know we're we're constantly going back and forth texting you know uh, Bones down in Nashville him and I have uh, I, I call him a friend, even though we haven't met in person. Um, and uh, we were considering a move down to Nashville here not that long ago. And I kept asking him questions about school districts and drives to ice rinks and everything else. And he was just answering them back and forth. And uh, I, I know sooner or later we're, we're going to get uh, together in person. He's talking of coming up here to Minnesota, maybe for the Let's Play Hockey Expo. And we're, we're going to shoot some content together, I think. Yeah, he he wants to try on my old uh, Vaughn legacies that I just replaced. So I was like, yeah, you you can do that. He's always down to try new gear. Yeah, he is. Uh, But but what's funny is like he's got this old vintage gear. Aside from the mask, like that was the association gear I started with at St. Jude playing out at SIA. And uh, so it's like, hey, I I can uh, teach you how they taught us to play back in the day he's like oh man that would be awesome uh so there there might be something coming but it's true you know you talk to these people and uh they become friends you know just about every single person i've had on the podcast uh you know i've told them hey if if we're in the same town we we got to get together and have have a beverage or whatnot um you know and some of the people i would have never thought would have reached out or been like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, Ke- Kelly Rudy is a prime example. He was the one that, you know, told me, he's like, Hey, when things open back up and my, my, uh, announcing duties, bring me to St. Paul, we got to get together. It's like, absolutely. You know? Um, but then there, there's other guys, you know, like you, you've had Adam Carlson on, you know, him and I have a mutual acquaintance and he actually helped me with my new, new set of equipment, get, get the graphic I wanted. That, so it's scary. like, yeah, um, that, that's probably the Goal, best. Part goalies, is. goalies aren't afraid to talk to anyone. They they'll talk, they'll talk to goalies, and just it's you yep. can just shoot the breeze with them, and it's just like nothing's happening, and it's like a, a kid on Christmas. It, it's funny you say that because you know there, there's so many times I've been places where you know conversations stale, and you know not much in common with somebody, and then the topic of hockey comes up, and you know, one of you mentions you're a goalie and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, best friends. You're off in the corner. Perfect example. My brother-in-law's uh, wedding reception introduced me to this fella. Didn't look like he played hockey. 
I'll, I'll put it that way. And he, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm a chef. I was like, I can't cook. And we're talking and my brother-in-law just walks by and he's like, Hey, he's a goalie too. And then we're both like, what? And until we, until I left the, uh, the wedding that it was just him and I sitting back there talking equipment, talking, you know, nineties goalies and all kinds of stuff. It, it's funny how we get. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook official sports betting partner of the NFL. Remember, you must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, you can talk you can talk about goaltending for hours and hours straight without especially if they're a goalie too, like you'll ne- you'll never get tired of talking goaltending with them. Nope. No, it's it's great. Um so I have to ask of all the guests you've had, who's been not the biggest name, but your favorite one be- because the conversation was just good. I, I, that's a tough one. <laughs> I have I've a I've a like a I've a like a top five list I would say like I can't like pick I can't pick any favorites because I, I like to say that they're all my favorites because mm-hmm. they've come on my show and we just have have a good talk but like the the most the ones that really stick out to me is uh Zach Vicali, uh Washington Capitals goaltender Jamie Phillips uh retired professional goalies uh he was with the AHL when uh Manitoba Moose Winnipeg Jets and he went overseas for a little bit. Uh, Dylan Kelly plays in Macon, for, in Macon, Georgia, for the Macon Mayhem in the SPHL. Uh, who else have I not named? Uh, Adam Carlson was a good one too. I I love that one. Caden uh, Fulcher, uh, Griff, Grand Rapids Griffin goaltender, and the the list could go on and on. Like Mike Santaguida, like he's my He's also one of my goalie coaches, like my goalie mentors. I've like we have like a whole group set up, and like we just talk goaltending, talk about everyone get better. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's I can name a lot more, but like all those are the ones that really stick out to me. And like I've had those guys on two, three, four times, so it's it's good to good to reconnect with them especially after the season and then, and then uh, make another podcast out of it and grow that, grow that connection. Absolutely. Absolutely. And did I see like your latest episode, you had Pete Fry on. 
Yeah, I did. That, that's an awesome get. Uh, he, he's definitely on my list of guys I want to uh, at some point talk to. Yeah, you uh, definitely re- reach out to him. If if he doesn't answer, I could, I could definitely <laughs> set something up for you too. That'd be great. That'd be great. So I, I want to be conscious of time because I know you got training uh, a little bit later too. Um, I end every podcast with a list of 10 rapid fire questions. Uh, and the first one is, what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days? Cool. It's probably have had to come from when I was a forward because I haven't been on like any like teams with a as a goalie yet. But like this, like we <laughs> it was like my, my first year of high school hockey, and we we're like, oh, we we maybe scored three goals the entire season out of like fifteen games, or so like oh and fifteen gave up twenty goals a game, and like this this coach was just he would just hammer us like every single time, like rightfully so we're giving up 20 goals a game, but like, we're also just like new to high school hockey. So we got to figure everything out. And he'd just be like F bombing us like every single shift. And like, what the, what the F is that? Like if you make a, like a questionable play, which like, which it happened a lot over, over the course of the year. And then like his, it was just a lot of like F bombs and we're, we're just like, we're just a mess of a team, but I was, I was on the ice for two of those three goals. So I guess uh, I got plus two on plus two on that, but maybe I was like a dash dash 30 throughout that season. It happens. That, was, that would probably be my like craziest coaching moment or story. It happens. My, my freshman year uh, on JV, we went 0 and 20 in Catholic league play. Uh, but Consequently, when we played non-conference teams, we were about 500. So it was just something about the Catholic something League. about we, the conference teams. Yeah, well, as you probably know, that the Chicago Catholic Hockey League is a tough yeah. league to mm-hmm. play in, um, especially in the mid to late 90s. Or there was uh, some some interesting fellows. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. That that's that's crazy. But I've I've also had coaching experiences when I was when I was a ref too. That that's a that was a mess. Yeah, when when I coached uh, at the high school level, it was customary that the refs would come and introduce themselves, and I, I would look at them and say, you know, nice to meet you. No offense, I just want you to know it's in my job description that I'm supposed to yell at you all game. It has nothing to do with you or the job you're doing, and that that always broke the ice and kind of got them on our side a little bit. Um, yeah, you just got to get the rest on your side. Like, and F, once you do that, like everything's fine. You know, and it, it's funny that kids don't understand that. Uh, I, I learned that early on at the uh, Darren McCluskey goalie school when, when I was learning and, uh, one, one of the shooters was a ref, um, Mark Schmutt. And, uh, that, that's what he told us. He's like, Hey, be nice to the ref, always pick the puck up and hand it to him. He goes, it's a small thing that goes a long way that will get you quick whistles. And to this yeah. day, I still do it. <laughs> yeah, you, before before the puck drops for uh, the opening faceoff, just just talk with him for uh, like, what, tw- 10, 20 seconds. And then yep. he's suddenly on your side and you get all, all the quick whistles that you want. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny. You get the quick whistles. You know, if, they're, if you think a guy's coming into your crease or messing with you, you know, you just mention it to the ref. Most of the, the time, they're, you know. yeah, next thing you know, the guy's sitting down for two minutes. Otherwise, if you just mentioned to the ref, they're like, yeah, whatever. Uh, but e- even in the beer leagues, I-, I do that. And every now and then they don't 
sit the guy down, but I'll, I'll get the whistle and the faceoff will be out of the zone. And they're like, oh, what? There, there was one game, the guy got called for three times and the ref is like, how many times do I got to call you? The blue paint is his, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I had some of those moments. Like some of like the amount of times people would be my crease and like, I'd have them to get out of the way. I'd like block them to the, like the lower back. Yeah. Get them out of my crease and I'd get called for, we, or we'd both get called for uh, like rough or like splat or something like that. But then, then I just, I just go up to the ref and I'm like, Hey, like he's in my crease. Like, he's not supposed to be in there. And then the next time he does that, he, he gets the call and not me. Yeah. I, I think I've told the story on the podcast before we were playing Fenwick. Uh, I want to say it was my sophomore year. I, I remember the end I was in at Southwest ice arena. It was the end opposite of the Zamboni. Um, and this kid was just hacking at my pads, you know, trying to slew foot me and everything else. And the period's winding down, and he's standing right in front of me, and I just stand up and cross-check him in the back. He goes down. This kid stands up, looking at the ref, like, what are you going to do? And the ref happened to be that one from my goalie clinic, too, Mark. And this kid's like, you're not going to call him this and that. And their coach is going nuts. And, the ref, and Mark looks at him, he goes, you've been an ass to him all game, and I haven't called it. He got you back. Now you're even. And their coach <laughs> is like, fair enough. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had a, I had a situation like the the other night when I when I was playing, I there, we had a good ref and a, like a not so good ref. Yeah, uh, and like like there was one ref to start the game, and then he, the other guy showed up later. And like the the guy that was there first, like I was like, watch, it's gonna be a busy night tonight. And like I ended up getting like sixty five shots, and like we're just having a good time every time like I stopped the puck like he'd come over and talk to me for like a little bit and then like at the end of the game I was like so he told you I was gonna be busy and he just laughed whereas the other guy he he showed up late so he wasn't he wasn't in the yeah. best mood so like I'd like I'd toss him the puck from I like put it with the puck on like my glove the backhand of my glove and just yeah. toss it to him and like there'd be per- there'd be times where it'd be perfect right to him, and he'd miss and drop it. And he's like, "I'm done playing this shit." And then like he was already pi- he was already pissed at one of our other teammates, so that didn't help. And then it just felt like everything we did, like he was, was having was a bad day. Problem. Yeah, yeah. So the next question: What's your favorite all-time goalie mask? All-time goalie mask. Ooh, there's a there's over a thousand to choose from. Yeah, but uh, I I really like Vesa Toskala's mask from two thousand. It was either two thousand one. He was with the Leafs, two thousand six, two thousand seven, something like that. Just like with like the the Yeti type mask. I mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember what it was clearly, but like, like that mask always always stuck out to me. And then like the just any mask with like. Like it could be like a wolf. It could be a wolf, and like just have yeah. like the cartoon, like cartoonish character, like on the mask, and like make it like the head, and like have like the jaws be at like the chin, kind of like the Cujo those, style those, helmet. Yeah, the Cujo style. Yeah, those always stuck out to me because it's like it looks fierce, and like like as a goalie, you want you want to look fierce to the competition. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so, what's your favorite rink that you've played at? That I've that I've played at probably there's there's a lot more bad ones than, than good <laughs> ones, but I I really like to play at uh 
the edge ice arena in Bensonville. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's where the, the camp was for in August. And like that ice is just so smooth. And also uh fifth, fifth, third ice arena, mm-hmm. uh, MB, MB uh, ice arena, what it used to be called a few years ago where the Hawks play right or Hawks yeah. practice facility is like that. You, you can't go wrong with that. Cause it's an NHL practice ice sheet. Like, yeah. It's always going to be smooth and there's no damage in the crease or anything like that. It's just smooth sailing throughout the entire game. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I see the Wolves flag behind you and looking on your Instagram profile, you're a bit of a Wolves fan. And I got to skate at Allstate Arena in high school and we're all like, this is going to be the best ice. And we were shocked at how crappy the ice was at Allstate Arena. It was soft. It was, you know, not as smooth as you expect it to be. And then, Everybody I've talked to says this about any big arena is how hot it is under those lights, but just how soft that ice was. You're like, no way. We, you know, we would have expected better ice there. Yeah. I've I've always done like the, the post-game skates at the Wolves games and like it never be Zam. So I couldn't tell you if it was was good or or bad, but like the choppiness of the ice, like after post-game skate, like that's, that's bad because like all the players were on it during the third period. So didn't yep. really get any, didn't get clean. So yeah, it's, it wasn't that great right after being Zamboni either. So don't worry about it. Um, so this is one I always like to ask, what's your favorite stick that you've used? My favorite stick. It, it'll probably, it'd probably have to be uh Bauer Supreme two uh, or the, yeah, the one I'm using now, the Bauer 2S, uh, or Bauer 2S Pro. It's an Oscar Dance stick. My uh, my goalie coach, my goalie coach got it for me, so like I've used that for the past like month now, and it's it's never failed to uh, to like not have any good feel to it. Like I I love it. Like it has it just it's mobile, it's durable. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably one of the most durable sticks I've I've had in a while. Yeah. Uh, so what is your favorite youth hockey memory? Cool. Youth, youth hockey memory. It probably, probably be, uh, winning the championship in, in house. Like we were, I think we we're like probably like 14, one in two or something like that. And we went right through, like through the regular season. Like I was, uh, I was, uh, I was the leading scorer there. Like I'd get like, three, four, five goals a game. Like it was just, I was just putting the puck in the net and like puck pucks were finding me. And then we went through the, through the three rounds in the playoffs and then scored five goals in the championship <laughs> game. And I think we won like seven, seven, three or something like that. Nice. That was that'd probably be, probably be one of my favorite uh, youth hockey moments. So on the other side of that, what's the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off the ice, in the locker room, uh, directed at you as a ref? <laughs> as a ref, I'd probably, probably be like, you're dropping the effing ball. I was, I've never heard that one before. And, like, it was just a, it was a weird situation, too, because, like, like one of the guys, like they or like two players, like you know how youth hockey is, like mice, like they crash into each other, and like yeah, you gotta re- like you're not supposed to check, but like you can obviously tell when they just run into each other because they have their heads down yeah. going for the puck, like that's not a check. And then like one of their players goes down, 
and like he's like hurt but they they're going on a break on the other way a breakaway they score the the coach like comes off the bench like I'm repping I'm repping with my brother who's also who's all who's new it was his first year or something like that and it was like my third year so like I had a little bit more experience but like the coach came off the bench and like went towards towards like me and was like just f on me and like you're dropping the effing ball like all that and then like I, I was like you're complaining to me but your player's down on the other side injured and you're worried about what what right. the call them scoring a goal where I couldn't have called it dead because that would be you, you're taking away a scoring chance there on the other side but it was just like you're dropping the effing ball and I like all that and I was like I should have, I should have thrown that guy out and teed him up, but uh, I was too young at the time and didn't feel like, or didn't have the the energy to kick someone out and go through all the paperwork that you have to go through. Yeah. But uh, for a goalie, it'd probably be, probably be just like, just like F, F you, like you suck. Like this, there's no, there's no good chirps. Like they're just like, there's literally no chirps like I've gone up against like the 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 biggest guy in the league before and like he's just like he gets in my face and he's like f you like like you're a effing like p word and I was like and then he skates off the ice and I'm like if you're you said you called me that but you're the one skating off the ice like yeah I'm I'm here if you want if you want to go if you want to have a go like I'm not afraid to drop him I'll I'll go with you maybe shorter than you and way a uh, lot less but I'm always willing to go if you're and you just skate off the ice like you can't trip if you're just skate off the ice like that yep but I, I was just thinking of the uh the best chirp I guess you could call it the best chirp I've had at a ref uh it was back when in college when they were still doing three-man crews and I was doing the music for our varsity hockey games and the refs come out and I uh on the system PA system start playing three blind mice and they, they come out, they, they kind of chuckle and they skate over to the bench and they go, okay, who gets the bench minor? And our head coach points up at me. Um, but after, you know, but, but it was funny. The refs like, I love it. Don't stop it. Keep it going. So for the next three years, as I did the uh, music, every time the refs came out, three blind mice played. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Cause it's not like a, direct chirp like you're saying it but it's like indirect because it's playing the three blind mice and the the rest right there yeah i've never heard that one before yeah that was fun and then uh the first time a uh opposing player would get a penalty and they'd be going to the box we would play celine dion's all by myself that that was always a good that's a good one too yeah um like some of some of the chirps that you hear like I can't, I can't really like think of any on the top of my head, but like my teammates have, have told me like a couple games ago, like one of the, one of the other teams chirped at one of our guys, like your shoot, your skates untied. Like that was their <laughs> chirp and, and his yeah. skates were not untied. Like that's the best chirp you can come up with. Your skates are untied. Yeah. I, so I, I've been playing in the men's league for quite a while now. And it's funny because you play the same teams every year over and over and you start to get to know the guys. So, it's the chirps become less uh, out of anger as they are. You, you just want to pick on somebody for fun, even though they're on the other team. And I think it's more fun that way that, you know, 
trying to just make them laugh than try to upset them. Uh, yeah. that, that last La- laughing too. ones, laughing ones are, are probably the most, most useful. Cause like you get a, you get a laugh out of it and like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Well, and that throws you off your game more than being angry does being angry gets yeah. you focused. Yeah, um, absolutely. So what's the worst post game beer you've had? Cool. Probably IPA. Yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not really a, a, a like a basic like IPA guy. Like it was just like in a silver can, like classic like IPA. I don't. I don't know what what else it was, but that that was not not a good one. You know, as a beer snob, I I agree. IPAs are not good post game beers. Yeah, it's no. just it's it's got too much of a bite for right after. You know, maybe maybe once you reach the parking lot, okay. But right at right when you get off, I've, the al- ice, I've also seen uh, White Claws that. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's, it's beer. Like you're not, you don't bring in white claws. Yeah. Who, whoever brings that into our locker room will not be asked back. I'll, I'll say that much. And I, I've Gotta played on, beer, not seltzer. I, I've played on some co-ed teams too. And that, that's not coming into our locker room. Mm, no. <laughs> um, that's, that's a no from everyone. Yeah. When you tape your stick, you go heel to toe or toe to heel? I go heel to toe. Okay. You're, you're like most goalies. I'm always fascinated by the goalies that go toe to heel. Uh, yeah, there's not like I'll, I'll start, I'll start on the backside of my heel and then work my way up, up to the front of the toe. And then I'll put like the other slate, uh, slit up tape on the back end of my toe. Yep. Yeah. That that's normal. Uh, so what's your favorite number to wear and more importantly, why? My, my favorite number is 35. Like, I, I the first goalie number I did get was thirty nine, but like ever since I was a kid, I was like, when I when I play somewhere, like I want to be thirty five, and I don't know, I don't know what sticks out to thirty five, but like maybe because some of my favorite goalies from the from the Wolves, the Hawks, like they've worn thirty five since I was a little kid, and I was like, that's my number, thirty five. Yep. Yeah, it, it is a good number. That was my number up until college when it wasn't available to me. So uh, since then, I've been. What's 39. your favorite number? Uh, I'm 39 these days, uh, and part of it is my, my style is a little more Hashik like, so the, the number fits. Um, but when I got to college, I, I've told the story before. 35 was my number, but an upperclassman had it, so I went to the uh, the cabinet that had the jerseys and I found the biggest one they had and it happened to be 39 and it was just like all right that's my number now and it just it, it it's funny when I, I say it but it's one of those numbers that when it's on your back it just feels right yeah. um a few times where I've been given number one I'm just like nope doesn't feel mm-hmm. right so, something's like off yeah like I've worn three numbers in my goalie career 30 39 35 then 29 like 20 29 is also a second favorite but i i really like 35 yeah in terms of playing goalie i've had 30 35 33 39 and one it's kind of been all over the place you know so, sometimes you just take what what, you, what they'll give you and be happy yeah. you have a jersey and you're dressing <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that, that's, all, that's all that room is that you're dressing and you're getting you're getting time on the ice exactly you know that that that's uh the key half the time uh so what advice do you have for young goaltenders i would i would say just have fun like once you like like i'll I'll give two like one is one is have fun like 
why 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 did you start playing the game because you want because it was fun and you're enjoying times mm-hmm. with times with your with your friends with your buddies with your teammates and like once you like overcomplicate things and start like over looking looking uh looking ahead of everything and just being able to just having everything run through your mind it's just like just that's when everything i i feel like goes everywhere like just being simple keeping it keeping it calm cool and collected relaxed like that, those are like my couple anchor points anchor words i use and just have fun like like i'm playing the game because i'm having fun and like i i plan on playing it for for my entire life and it's just just having fun and then also my second also going with having fun is just being in the present in the present moment like just be in the present moment don't think ahead don't think where you're gonna play in a year like that's some of the biggest things that i've taken away from like what other people have said as well is just focus on what you're doing now in the season game by game practice by practice and just don't overthink or say like oh i want to get to a higher level like have that goal in mind but like don't like overwork yourself to to do that and just be able to just just keep be in the present and just be able to just focus on your game and developing as a goaltender and getting better each and every day and not worrying about what your what team you're gonna make in the future and just like stuff like that and then second is just be a be an advocate for yourself like like I have not had uh like a normal like story like like I'm trying to go play pro and like I've I've played house I've played uh spring hockey or spring high school and like I'm not I didn't play college I didn't play juniors but I'm still making making trying to make a name for myself and like I'm I'm contacting coaches like having like game game clips game highlights highlight reels just sending them out to coaches and getting getting their feedback and just put getting putting myself on on their board and just being just having myself be a be an advocate for myself mm-hmm. yeah those are probably the two or three biggest ones that i i would say that's the best thing you can do is fight fight for yourself and i when i had uh adam carlson on he was saying the same thing is you know you, you gotta be the one that stands up for yourself because uh as, as much as a coach is your your friend they have to stand up for themselves and yeah. maintain their job. Uh, so you, you got to fight for yourself and reach out and, yeah. and do, do the work yourself. You know, if, if you want other people to trust, trust you, you have to trust in yourself and you have to believe in yourself and fight for yourself. Cause no one's going to believe, no one's going to trust in you. No one's going to trust you. No one's going to believe you until you, you prove or you go and prove it or you, like you're so confident in yourself. Like there's a, there's a line between cockiness and confidence. And like, I think you got to have that balance between, between that and like go ride the line a little bit, but not be cock, not be too cocky, but also be like confident in yourself where, you know, where you both, where you, where you know, where you belong and that you can play at that next level. Absolutely. That, that, that's probably the best way to put it is for others to believe in you. You have to believe in yourself because it's so true. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, we can do the fake it till we make it, but at some point we got to believe that we can make it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so where can folks find you on social media if they want to follow you and your podcast? Yeah. So you guys can look, you guys can follow me on Instagram at my, my personal at 
at jack.hudeck at uh, J-A-C-K dot H-U-D-E-C. And then you can find my podcast at On The Spot Sports with underscores between each word. So on underscore the underscore spot underscore sports. And then we're also on I'm on. My internet cut out there right at the end of the interview. I wish Jack all the best in his quest to play hockey at the next level. It's not easy, but he seems up for the challenge. Be sure to follow Jack on social media at jack.hudek, that's H-U-D-E-C, on Instagram. And be sure to follow his podcast, On The Spot Sports, on social as well at on underscore the underscore spot underscore sports on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some Wash Up Goalie or Tendy Talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many lists here, but shows like the Three Pigeons Podcast, the What Lies Beneath, Seattle Kraken Podcast, and the BC Hockey Podcast. I need to thank the band Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. And let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. So, until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.